Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise to Thee, O Christ, King of eternal glory. Christ, for our sakes, hath endured temptation and suffering. O come, let us worship Him. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving. And make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth, the strength of the hills is his also. Form the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Glory be to the Father and to Christ, for our sakes, hath endured temptation and suffering. O come, let us worship him.
Awake, why sleepest thou, O Lord? Arise, cast us not off forever. For our soul is bowed down to the dust. Arise for our help. We have heard with our ears, O God, our fathers have told us what work thou didst in their days, in the times of old. How thou didst drive out the heathen with thy hand and plantest them. How thou didst afflict the people and cast them out. But thou hast saved us from our enemies, and hast put them to shame that hated us. In God we boast all the day long, and praise thy name forevermore. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Awake, why sleepest thou, O Lord? Arise, cast us not off forever, for our soul is bowed down to the dust. Arise for our help. The Old Testament lesson for Sexagesima Sunday is written in the 55th chapter of the book of the prophet Isaiah, beginning at the 10th verse. For as the rain comes down and the snow from the sky, and doesn't return there, but waters the earth, and makes it grow and bud, and gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so is my word that goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me void but it will accomplish that which I please, and it will prosper in the thing I sent it to do. For you shall go out with joy and be led out with peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth out before you into singing, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn, the cypress tree will come up, and instead of the briar, the myrtle tree will come up. It will make a name for the Lord, for an everlasting sign that will not be cut off. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The epistle is written in the eleventh and twelfth chapters of the second epistle to the Corinthians, beginning at the nineteenth verse. Brothers, for you bear with a foolish gladly, being wise. For you bear with a man if he brings you into bondage, if he devours you, if he takes you captive, if he exalts himself, or if he strikes you on the face. I speak by way of disparagement, as though we had been weak. Yet in whatever way anyone is bold, I speak in foolishness. I am bold also. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the offspring of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I speak as one beside myself. I am more so. In labors, more abundantly. In prisons, more abundantly. In stripes, above measure. And in deaths, often. Five times I received forty stripes minus one from the Jews. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I suffered shipwreck. I have been a night and a day in the deep. I have been in travels often, perils of rivers, perils of robbers, perils from my countrymen, perils from the Gentiles, perils in the city, perils in the wilderness, perils in the sea, perils among false brothers, in labor and travail, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, and in cold and nakedness. Besides those things that are outside, there is that which presses on me daily, anxiety for all the churches. Who is weak? And am I not weak? Who is caused to stumble? And don't I burn with indignation? If I must boast, I will boast of the things that concern my weakness. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, he who is blessed forevermore, knows that I don't lie. In Damascus, The governor under King Aratos guarded the city of Damascus, desiring to arrest me. I was let down in a basket through a window by the wall and escaped his hands. It is doubtless not profitable for me to boast, for I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who was caught up into the third heaven fourteen years ago. Whether in the body, I don't know, or whether out of the body, I don't know, God knows. 
I know such a man, whether in the body or outside the body, I don't know, God knows, how he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words which it is not lawful for a man to utter. On behalf of such a one, I will boast. But on my own behalf, I will not boast, except in my weaknesses. For if I would desire to boast, I will not be foolish, for I speak the truth, but I refrain, so that no man may think more of me than that which he sees in me or hears from me. By reason of the exceeding greatness of the revelations, that I should not be exalted excessively, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to torment me, that I should not be exalted excessively. Concerning this thing, I begged the Lord three times that it might depart from me. He has said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather glory in my weaknesses that the power of Christ may rest on me. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. Let thy enemies know that thou, whose name alone is Yahweh, art the most high over all the earth. O my God, make them like a wheel, as the stubble before the wind. God, thou hast cast us off, thou hast scattered us, thou hast been displeased, O turn thyself to us again. Thou hast made the earth to tremble, thou hast broken it. Heal the breaches thereof, for it shaketh, that thy beloved may be delivered. Save with thy right hand, and hear me. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Luke, the eighth chapter. 
Glory be to thee, O Lord. When a great multitude came together, and people from every city were coming to Jesus, he spoke by a parable. The farmer went out to sow his seed. As he sowed, some fell along the road, and it was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the sky devoured it. Other seed fell on the rock, and as soon as it grew, it withered away, because it had no moisture. Other fell amid the thorns, and the thorns grew with it and choked it. Other fell into the good ground, and it grew, and produced one hundred times as much fruit. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Then his disciples asked him, What does this parable mean? He said, To you it has been given to know the mysteries of God's kingdom, but to the rest in parables, that, seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. Those along the road are those who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart, that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rock are they who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, but these have not root, who believe for a while, then fall away in time of temptation. That which fell among the thorns, these are those who have heard, and as they go on their way, they are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. Those in the good ground, these are those who, with an honest and good heart, having heard the word, hold it tightly, and produce fruit with perseverance. Here ends the gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. The Lord will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble, and they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. For thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee, and they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, and they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. Pre-Lent prepares us for Lent, preparing us to increase our focus on repentance, to make us ready for the pious practices of almsgiving, praying, fasting. But to prepare us, pre-Lent puts this focus and these practices in perspective by reminding us how the kingdom of God, how the gospel itself works. By grace alone, by scripture alone, by faith alone. So yes, repentance, almsgiving, prayer, fasting, they're all well and good. We ought to do these. But pre-Lent gives us the most dire warning about them. And that is, don't think that these things save you or earn you anything. Last week, we were reminded of this by hearing that the kingdom works by grace alone. This morning, that the kingdom works by the word alone. And so our gospel account begins saying, when a great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to Jesus, he said in a parable, a sower went out to sow his seed. Christ is sitting here catechizing. As he catechizes about this parable, as he teaches and explains this parable, the sower is shown to be either him or the apostles or pastors, whoever proclaims the word. That doesn't really matter. The focus, though, is on not the sower, but the seed, which is the word of God. That's the focus. And so our Lord continues. He says, as he sowed, some fell, some seed fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devour it. To which our Lord catechizes about this. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. The seed is the word. The soils are the hearts of men. And each soil, every heart in this parable, receives the word proclaimed. So who receives the proclaimed word? It's those in the church. So this parable is a warning to those who hear the word of God in the church. And the first soil are the hearts of men who are the path. 
those being the hearers who are fine to sacrifice a Sunday morning to go to church and to take the title as Christian, but in life, outside the church walls, they love traveling the well-worn path of the world. They really have no intention of seeking the narrow door because they enjoy the broad way, the wide gate that the world offers. They might enter into walls, they may enter into the walls of the church, but they don't fear God. Instead, they fear the world, what's out there. They fear being hated by the culture. They'd never bear the beatings or the lashings or the near death of St. Paul because they can't bear the world's accusation that believing in the Bible makes one hateful or bigoted. They'd sooner believe that love is love than what the law of God says. The scripture exhorts us to love our Christian brothers, but these that are the path would rather, would rather cow to the world's pressures and trample the word and their brothers underfoot. Yes, they receive the word, but the loss of faith happens as swiftly and goes as unnoticed as when a bird snatches a seed from the path. They never loved that seed. These men leave the church just as the seed was taken, quietly, quickly, without notice. And so that's the soil of the well-trodden path. And then our Lord continues. As some seed fell on the rock and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. Of which our Lord catechizes, and the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while and in time of testing they fall away. So this second soil are the hearts of men that are rocky. Maybe you could say they're like hearts of stone. Stone which is hard, impenetrable, which lets in neither the waters of baptism nor the seed. Sure, that you can splash the stone. It can get wet. You can throw the seed at it. The seed can sit on top there. These hearts might even rejoice that the word is there. Yet such hearts refuse to let the word take root because they're shallow hearts. The word, like their faith, remains only at the surface level. And just as a seed can germinate for a bit on the surface of a rock, so also these believers, or these men, believe for a time. But only for a time. Because eventually the sun bears down, the wind blows, the temperature goes cold or hot. That is to say, troubles and sufferings come for those in the church. But for these, their faith, like the seed, shrivels and dies. There's no moisture. It's all surface level. And without root, no changes to the heart can be made. So instead, when trials come, they look out for themselves. They have no time really for the poor. Better, they think, to collect money for themselves than allow for generosity. To them, people are really a means to an end, to improve their own reputations. Just as Paul accused his opponents of, of, have, of trying to up their reputations by claiming to be Hebrews, Israelites, offspring of Abraham, servants of Christ. They like the titles, but not what the titles bring with it. They like the titles so that they can use their neighbor to climb up to the top and then look down on them. And when trials come, they'll turn on their Christian brothers, even rob them, hate them, despise them, if it gets them ahead. They have no time, these people with hearts of stone, for the promises of God, for the promise of salvation through Christ and His righteousness. They don't have time for that because they're too busy thinking of how they can earn salvation themselves with their own righteousness. Because they never let the seed take root. When times of suffering come, where do they run to? They run to where their hearts trust, in themselves, in money, reputation, power, but they don't run to Christ. They don't run to the font. They don't run into the church. Such hearts of stone trust only in themselves. They don't trust in God. And that's the soil of the rock. But then our Lord continues. He says, And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it, and choked it, to which our Lord catechizes about, 
And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. And so we have the third type of soil, the hearts of men full of thorns, of the distractions and pleasures of this life. These are the hearts that are divided, that try to serve God and mammon. They desire to come to church. They want Christ, yet they also, just as much, if not more, desire the appetite and lust of their flesh. They desire to be generous, but they desire just as much to lavish themselves with all the pleasures money can buy. They desire to pray, but just as much they desire to spend every waking moment either watching TV or on the lake, being lazy on the couch or on hobbies, or maybe sleeping in instead. Or maybe what they desire more than prayer is to hold up their God-given vocations over Christ and prayer, to abuse those vocations. They desire the sacrament, but just as much they desire to gorge on every lust of the flesh, whether that's food or otherwise. These are not hearts of stone, this third soil. Because the word gets in, it does take root. Faith does rise. But in allowing the cares and pleasures of life the same priority or a higher priority than Christ and prayer, well, the thorns are allowed to grow as well because they don't see the need to deny themselves or sacrifice anything in this life. They want Christ, but they're not going to sacrifice anything for him. The sufferings of Paul that we read about, the shipwrecks for the gospel, the cold and exposure, the hunger, the thirst, all of that makes no sense for them because their love is elsewhere. Why suffer toil and hardship, sleepless night, hunger and thirst, cold and exposures? Why suffer all that when you could lazily sit in a climate-controlled house and do nothing? Why be weak and without when you can lavishly spend on yourself forgetting about those in need? This type of soil never notices when the thorns choke out the seed because their focus is elsewhere. Ultimately, they don't love God, they love themselves and think that they can follow Christ without picking up their crosses. And when the harvest comes, they're shocked when there's no fruit to be found. When there, are, when there is rotten fruit of lust, gluttony, and sloth rather than good grapes that God intended. That's the thorny soil. And so you have the three types of soil where nothing grows. No fruit comes. And what they all have in common is that under, underneath each of these soils are hearts of unbelief. Hearts full of pride, full of greed for the self, pleasures for the self. Hearts of unbelief where there's no fear, love, and trust in God. Because instead they fear the world and put their love and trust in themselves. Now our Lord continues. He says to his disciples, when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others, those outside the church, they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Then he, then he goes on to explain the parable. Now it's easy for us to hear about these three types of soils, these people of unbelief, and think of such people and shake our heads at them and thank God that they're like that and not like us. But you have to remember who is Christ talking to? Who does he want to hear and understand this? This is Christ's warning to the church. It's a warning to us who hear the word. This is the great catechist teaching us about the word, about hearing the word. This is for us, for you who have ears of faith to hear so that you may understand. This is a warning. A warning to remember that all soil, no matter how good it looks now, all soil can become well a well-trodden path if walked on and trampled enough. All soil can become rocky if it's not tended. All so soil can become thorny if not weeded. If we think none of these soils describes us because of who we are in ourselves and how hard we work and earn, 
or because we think that being lazy and doing nothing can avoid us from being accused of anything. If we think any of that, then we are in dire need of repentance. Because that means, if those are our attitudes, that means the soil of our hearts is already beginning to reject the seed. It's already turning into bad soil. But yet our Lord doesn't talk about just those three types of soil. He talks about one more. And he says, And some seed fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. And as Jesus said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with repentance. Remember that the focus of this parable is on the word and the hearing of it. The focus really isn't on the soil. But yet we can't help but ask. Every time we hear this parable, we can't help but ask, what makes the good soil good? What makes the believer, the true hearer, and the other soils bad when they hear the word but yet are still unbelievers? What's the difference? How do you work to become the good soil? And that's just it. You don't work toward it. It's all about the word. It is the word of God which guides you to repent of pride and repent of fearing the world which can only destroy the body. It's only the word which guides you to fear God who can destroy both the body and the soul. The word guides you towards repentance and repentance clears the soil. And if you're a farmer or gardener, you understand this. Before the soil can be made good, before it can produce anything, it needs to be made ready to receive. The soil needs to be plowed and worked so it is not tightly compact from people walking on it. It has to be plowed and labored over to remove the rocks. It has to be weeded and treated to rid the thorns. What soil, what heart can show gratitude and kindness and patience to God and others when it's been downtrodden, when it's rocky, when it's thorny? Only when the soil is cleared, when it's worked, plowed, weeded, only when there's repentance can the soil receive the seed. But all the same, that doesn't in itself make the soil good. Being cleared of all that stuff doesn't allow the soil to produce fruit. What good is the soil without the seed and water? What good is the heart without, without the word and baptism? Repentance means that the soil is shattered, broken apart. But that does not mean that it has earned or received anything good yet. It is the seed of God, the word, which makes the soil good and fruitful. Because the Word of God if the power, is the power of the Gospel. The Word of God is the power of the cross. It is the promise of salvation won for us in Christ's death and proclaimed to us. Repentance, it removes all that is evil from the soil, but it is the seed, the Word of the cross, which falls in the soil and gives life to the heart. The seed gives life because it gives Christ crucified, who on the cross was trodden down in shame, who suffered for our hearts of stone, who died with the thorns of our sins on his head. The word saves because it brings us the forgiveness that Christ won for us on the cross. And notice with the, with the good soil, a good heart is not shallow. It's a heart of repentance in which the seed falls and then takes deep root. A root which gives life, which makes fear, love, and trust in God possible. This happens when the seed falls in the soil, then is watered by baptism, and grows and thrives in the sunlight of the word preached and the word catechized. The seed is the word of God which grows in the repentant soil of our hearts, which bears the heat and the wind and the extremes of the weather. It bears all of that because it has a strong, unshakable root given to it by the seed, by the word. 
Such a faith is able to produce fruit of love for the neighbor. It's able to, to produce fruit of self-denial, of sacrifice, because its root clings to the promises of God. Such a soil, such a heart, it knows and trusts in God. Such a heart produces this fruit a hundredfold. This message, all of this this morning, prepares us for Lent, for focusing on repentance, almsgiving, prayer, and fasting the right way. None of those practices is meant to earn forgiveness or make us think that we're good, that in ourselves we're worthy soil, that we can produce fruit by ourselves. We can't. All of this is meant simply, all of those practices, repentance, almsgiving, prayer, fasting, all of that is simply to be diligent in keeping the soil repentant and keeping the soil clear and ready to receive so that in receiving the word, by the word we can produce good fruit. The focus on all, the focus on repentance and all pious practices is simply this. It's making yourself ready to receive the word in his grace which is to say we practice all this stuff during Lent to make us ready for Good Friday and Easter. So that instead of taking the wide path of the world which leads nowhere, or instead of letting our hearts grow hard, or letting the cares and pleasures of this world distract us, we are diligent. We stay focused on simply receiving the seed from His hand. We stay focused on Christ crucified and resurrected, given to us in the Word. Not so that we can boast in ourselves, but rather so that when the seed of the Word of God is planted in us, we can then proclaim with St. Saint, with Saint Paul, on my own behalf I will not boast except of my weaknesses. Because a soil without anything has nothing. It's weak in itself. I will not boast except of my weaknesses. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ, the Word, the seed, may rest upon me, may take root and grow. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. When much people were gathered together unto Jesus, and were come to him out of every city, he spake a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers, and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he sware to our father Abraham, that he would grant unto us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him, all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. When much people were gathered together unto Jesus, and were come to him out of every city, he spake a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed. O Lord, have mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O God, who sees that we do not put our trust in anything that we do, mercifully grant that by your power we may be defended against all adversity. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of your dear Son and for the revelation of your will and grace. And we beseech you, so to implant your word in us that, in good and honest hearts, we may keep it and bring forth the fruits of faith by patient continuance and well-doing. Most heartily we beseech you so to rule and govern your church Catholic, with all her pastors and ministers, that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word, whereby faith toward you may be strengthened, love and charity increased in us toward all mankind, and your kingdom extended. Send forth laborers into your harvest, and sustain those whom you have sent, that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people, and the gospel preached in all the world. Grant health and prosperity to all who are in authority, especially to Joseph, our President, the Congress of these United States, Kim, our Governor, the Legislature of this State, and to all our judges and magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after your good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness, and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. May it please you also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity and hostilities, and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for your name's sake, comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of your fatherly will. Especially do we pray for those that we name in our hearts at this time. Although we have deserved your righteous wrath and manifold punishments, yet we entreat you, O most merciful Father, Remember not the sins of our youth, nor our many transgressions. But out of your unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy, defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of your mercy, and from an evil death. And in every time of trouble, show yourself a very present help, the Savior of all men, and especially of them that believe. Cause all needed fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations on land, sea, and air, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, and crown them with your blessing. Receive, O God, our bodies and souls and all our talents, together with the offerings we bring before you. For by his blood your Son has purchased us to be your own, that we may live under him in his kingdom. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise and with thy honor all the day. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, Defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through the same Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast protected us through the night from all danger and harm. 
and we beseech thee to preserve and keep us this day also from all sin and evil, that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please thee. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and our souls and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, be with us all. Amen.